I first became aware of Open Drama at the end of last year when I discovered your YouTube channel, which features a large directory of presentations delivered by drama teachers from all over the country, covering an array of different presentation topics from classroom management, introducing drama to your school for the first time, teacher identities, working with students with learning disabilities and drama. And I just wanted, my first question I just wanted to ask was how did you compile all of that content in such a short period of time? Because I think... I first accessed the YouTube channel in around October, November. Oh, and I noticed that the channel hadn't really been going for a long time at all before then. So, yeah, how did how did that all come about with the channel? Well, Open Open Drama UK had uh, started in <laughs> it started around the table in a um, a hotel meeting in Reading between the five original co-founders. And kind of from there, it, it's kind of grown massively. And the lockdown took us, you know, just took us to another level, really, because drama teachers are very, well, all teachers are busy, but drama teachers, you know, you're a small department, usually one or two of you, maybe three if you're lucky, um, and you're just so busy, you can't keep on top of everything, you can't monitor all the different groups and all the different, what the theatre, what the industry is providing for you, and it does feel sometimes like you're just sort of woof, absolutely overwhelmed by all the opportunities that you've got. So when we started Open Drama, it was very much about being a like a a conduit I suppose or a kind of just a resource for teachers that you didn't have to pay for that you you know you could feel supported and you could just get you could engage with it as little or as you know as much as you wanted um and we also felt that the country was very fractured in terms of what do we have that's just UK based because we do have subject associations but they have a kind of they do projects with Europe and you know they have a more of an international outlook which we didn't really want to do we wanted to just focus on what do we need here and now in this country with the national curriculum that we deliver um so that was kind of where we started from and then we really wanted this idea that people had someone in their local area that was helpful um so you know I'm based I live in Sussex but I teach in Kent so um but again Kent is a huge county so I teach in West Kent Um, And some of the people that I have connections with and the theatres that I work with and the information that I hold is is particularly prevalent and helpful for those people in West Kent. But then actually, if you're over in sort of Dover or Margate, I'm not that helpful. So the the plan with Kent is to actually break that county up again and look at kind of more champions within the area to help. Um, Because we want the information that we give people to be really, really relevant and helpful, not just kind of, oh, here's a here's a mail out with a load of stuff. But actually, if if you teach in North Wales, this isn't helpful. Or if you're in Devon, this is applicable to you. Um, So we have a system set up now where we filter the database and we send information to people in particular areas when we get information that's helpful for them. So going back to your original question about YouTube and the kind of the resources that we ended up doing. Because we grew, we ended up getting champions who are like, you know, the, the, the main volunteer in that area, because we are all volunteers, but it's that main volunteer for that area. And Maya Bull was our uh, was a really big advocate of, of what we do. Um, she'd just taken a break from teaching and was working in various capacities. She's a governor. She does lots of different things. But she had a connection with Manchester Metropolitan University and she works with um, Dr. Patterson there who runs their PGC course. 
And she said that there's lots of stuff out there to help people training to teach, but actually specifically training to teach drama. There's a, there's, you know, there's a real gap in the market there. There's not a lot of information. So Maya came up with this idea of let's run something online. But by that point, it was sort of July time, like you said, and people were a bit zoomed out. They'd been doing Zoom forever and a day. Um, and she said, actually, let's, let's get this stuff pre-recorded and create it as like a resource. So we hadn't got anything on our YouTube channel until that point. So that was when we thought, right, we'll launch the YouTube channel. That's somewhere where we can store all this stuff. We had like an official launch day, which was the 23rd of July. So it was just at the end of term, but just really when the kind of the trainees were starting to think about, right, what do I need to prepare myself for for September? And also those trainees that had just finished a really kind of fractured year of training that were going to become an NQT. Um, so, you know, although it's, it's early career teaching, but specific to drama. So there's information there that helps your trainees that were just obviously starting in September 2020. And then your NQTs um, who, like I said, would have had quite you know quite clunky and broken training year that would have really benefited from having some of that information and um, so we went and, all, and as always with open drama we kind of push that back out to the people that are on our mailing list and we ask people to come forward with suggestions of content and we, we kind of put that back to them and, and asked um, it's kind of we try to be a we try to be the the body of information and we can hold that information and we can share it to people but we're very much for everybody so it's not a done to process it's not like oh we're in charge and this is everything we want people to have you know we've had loads of different people come to us over the 18 months that we've been running and, and they've said things like i'd like to do this can do you think this is viable or can you help with this and a bit like yourself i suppose you know you've come to us and said i've got this podcast is there you know so that's, that's what we're about so we do yeah we have the youtube channel and more and more things will will sort of go up there as we get more and more content through um but like i said ages ago <laughs> in the lockdown we we were able to flourish um because we had that reach we could reach everyone we didn't necessarily need to have those face-to-face -face meetings um so meetings have still carried on. We've allowed, we've had sort of Zoom meetings. Um, we've made phone calls to certain departments that have asked for help. And we, but again, we fielded that out to the champion that's in their area, so that they can get. You know, if someone's going to. You know, someone in Nottingham's going to say, "I need help." Then Ed, who's one of our co-founders, but is based in Nottingham, um, he would say, "Okay, speak to Mighty Creative. Speak to because they they have those connections. They understand what's happening in those areas." So we've kind of been. Yeah. A virtual support to people we hope <laughs> no i think you definitely have and and that's evidenced very very clearly with the amount of engagement that you're getting and and especially when you have such an abundance of resource there that is so frequently being engaged with and i think that comes down to the fact that some of the presentations aren't necessarily just drama specific subjects that you're exploring the the presentations that explore how to handle stress how to have difficult conversations with head teachers or heads of department the engagement with those titles only further proves i think the need for this resource and yeah it's it's really invaluable so open drama launched with a conference in manchester and that was during lockdown right how did that go yeah, so we had the launch. It was the 23rd of July. Um, so we I say we it was a virtual launch, um, but we had a tweet up during the day. 
um, hashtag drama support. So people who they could dip in and out. So the, the, the videos were, were made live so people could go in and watch them. Um, but then throughout the day, we had various different people who contributed and made those videos were available on Twitter between certain there was like a timeline for the day. They just used the hashtag drama support and then they were able to ask questions as they were engaging with the content. Um, and I mean, they, they could still probably get hold of those people on Twitter if they wanted to, if they've kind of watched the um, information now, five months on. Um, the hashtag drama support will obviously still exist. It will still be a thread in, within Twitter. People can go back and look for that. Um, yeah, so that, that was the nature of the day. Um, we wanted, like I said, Maya was kind of really conscious of the fact that we'd been a little bit zoomed out. And she was also mindful that she didn't want anything tech, you know, anything with the technology to go wrong on the day or for certain people to not be able to, to, to connect and, and see things. And we also thought, as, as you've already commented, that some of that information, some of that content was going to be really rich and really meaningful and more helpful than just a day. So that was why we thought we'll build that as almost like a little platform on our YouTube channel. It's its own playlist, which you've probably noticed as you've gone and had a look. And since the day, since the 23rd of July, we've actually added more content to it. So people can go back and, and you know, relook at it and, you know, really start to look at other aspects that are now available for people to go through as well. What are some of your most frequently received requests in regards to support? We get a lot of requests for things like, can you support me because I'm a department of one and I just physically don't have enough hours in the day and I want to know about X, Y and Z. Um, we get some people ask if there's other people near to them that they could connect with or does anybody else, uh, for example, I can even use my own example. So I'm this year for the first time teaching IB theatre. So uh, I wanted to collaborate with somebody on the, the unit planners and the work that I would put together for that. So I, I asked Open Drama, it's a bit weird because I kind of asked myself, and I just put a shout out for that. And I did actually get somebody who lives not far from me not that it matters with covid how far away they live anyway um and they came back to me so sometimes it's kind of just wanting somebody to work with collaboratively to help it can be difficult if you've got a plan and you've got to kind of do everything in in you know in isolation i'm on your own um so we get a lot of that specifically with covid we had a lot of requests for the resource that we put together with the sort of the, the guidance around how to set your drama studio up when you restart in september um, we get a lot of people that, that ask for resources like that because there isn't any, there isn't a, a body that you can go to that's going to give you that specific kind of health and safety document, which is what most people want. They want the security of knowing that they have something in place that, you know, a body or somebody has endorsed. Now, we haven't endorsed it and we were really careful around the wording of that resource. We sort of said, you know, this is support for you. Um, it's not been written in such a way that makes it legally enforceable. And if anything goes wrong, you know, you, whatever. Um, and that is something um, Karen, who's one of our co-founders, she's really hot on all that kind of thing. She's really hot on GDPR, all our kind of the legalities of what we do and, and what we can and can't do and how we phrase certain things. Um, but a lot of a lot of drama teachers have asked for help with how do I set my drama studio up to do as much as I can to mitigate risk? Um, very recently we've had people saying about uh, wanting to put on a production of some form 
um, whether that's a year group that's bubbled type production or um, a, a specific, like a club where, you know, however people are choosing to do it, they want to put a production on because, you know, essentially that is what, you know, what we're about. That's what we do. It's, the, you know, the, the theatre form. Um, so I've just been in conversation actually with um, Central, the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, um, because they recently sent us some really helpful resources to share with staff around creating um, self-tapes uh, for auditions and kind of preparing to, to, for drama school in a, in a COVID world. So I said to them, presumably you'll obviously be doing your end of term performances and your productions and everything that you will need to do for your students that will be graduating. And I've asked them if they were put together or share with us some kind of resource around the risk assessments of putting on productions and how are you rehearsing and how are you staging that? You think, you know, in terms of, the blocking of trying to keep the distance or particular measures that they're putting in place. Um, Cause that'd be, I think it'd be really helpful for drama teachers to know, well, this is what the drama schools are doing um, for this kind of, you know, high end next level quality type of production. Therefore, these are the sorts of risks, these are the sorts of risks I'm going to um, measure for and assess for, and this is what I'm going to put into play. I think that really helped people just feel a little bit of reassured that what they choose to do has actually run somewhere else it's not just them sitting down with a blank risk assessment going um i think i'll do this um because there's lots of things that you can put in place using your common sense that you think will work and they probably will work but it's just that reassurance that others are doing it on a you know like i said in, in a professional drama school setting and if it's going to work for them then presumably that should be able to transfer for school as well how are schools reacting to your involvement with supporting their staff are drama teachers feeding back that they're taking your organization to head teachers or senior management teams and are basically presenting you as an organization that is echoing some of their maybe concerns or points in regards to developing or improving their department what's some of that feedback like has it all been positive yeah, we've had, um, well, I can give you the literal stats. <laughs> so because of the way we um, we structured our websites, we've got the resource section of the website. So when people go into it, nothing's paywall. You don't have to, you don't have to pay for anything. But the resource around COVID, because we wanted to really just, we wanted to work strategically. We didn't just want to be like, oh, here's a resource that's like a file in a Facebook group or something. We, you know, we wanted to have that that professional um, aspect of what we do. So to ensure that we were doing things strategically and we could measure success, we, we put it down as um, a section on the resources where if you wanted to access it, once it downloads, you have to put your email address in. So obviously it will come to you, but then it also gives us some indication of how popular this has been, how popular it's been in certain areas of the country. So it, on last check, it had been downloaded 7,000 times. Um, which is obviously huge um, and also not just by teachers in schools but also by um, theatre and education departments um, various aspects of industry that may may well have been thinking about their youth theatre provision or you know maybe they were interested in how schools were going to try and approach this um, so what's most what we've heard from most schools is they've there's the there's the guidance document and then there's also like a, a poster an infographic, if you like, that they can have that that they can put up in their drama studio. I personally put it up in my drama studio, and it's been it was interesting when we started in September. 
um, students would go up to it and look at it and say, oh, so we can't have any more than four in a group. I said, yeah, that's right. And you've got to use this space and you can't use the props covered. You've got to bring your own props in, yada, yada, yada. So there was a, a visual reminder there as an infographic for the, for the young people that are obviously working in the space. Um, but I also shared that infographic with parents. I shared it with senior leadership and I shared it with our governors so they were aware of some of the steps and processes that I was putting in place for our department. Um, some schools um, have got like a role, like, um, what's the word? They've got, they've kind of, they've done their risk, a COVID risk assessment. But then what I did was I actually put in place a practical subjects risk assessment. So what we were doing in, so for example, in PE, they've got chlorinated bins so water with, with just chlorine tablets in and then when they finish throwing the javelin because we're obviously trying to do individual sporty type things rather than playing rugby where they can't grab each other and whatever um they were chucking the javelins in the chlorinated bin so we had risk assessments for each of our subjects that were that are practical that would need to be slightly different to the generic kind of the processes of a one-way system and mask wearing and whatever was happening in in the rest of the school um and it was really nice that at the bottom of the risk assessments we had the the particular subject associations or the particular um, industry, uh, you know, specialisms that that had the links to where we were getting the information from. So obviously on my drama one, I, I put that I'd used open drama as a resource to support what I put together. And I'm sure there's lots of schools that have, you know, have done similar things like that. Um, but we, you know, we've, like I said, there's been 7,000 people that have downloaded it from across various aspects of the industry. Um, and we haven't heard we haven't had anything like particularly anecdotal like you know it's been horrific i've not been able to do anything or i've heard i've heard stories where people are like i have i am teaching in a classroom and i can't do half these things um but we've we've got really nice resources and um support from various organizations that have got in touch and said you know for those people who are having to do desk-based drama lessons please can you share these resources with people so again, although we can't support what they can do practically because they're limited by doing it practically, our monthly mail outs have had links to things that they can go and access to support them. So other than word of mouth or social networks, mail outs, how else do you go about networking um, and expand your cohort of, of teachers or champions? So each champion in their areas are, they, they kind of, if, I suppose if you think of it like a business, we're head office and then they're all kind of franchise, if you like, they, they can kind of do their own thing. So each county, a county champion has a slightly different way of doing things. Um, so for example, Helen Openshaw, who runs our Cumbria network, um, she had, given the nature of the county as well, and the fact it's quite sparse, um, and she's been teaching there for a long time. She knows the teachers in most of those schools. So she reached out to them and said, I am now running um, this aspect, this area's um, open drama network. Uh, please let me know if you're interested. And then they're given a link basically to our mailing list so they can then go on our mailing list. When you sign up, you go through and you, you know you select where you live, um, what county you're in. So then, as I was saying, when we then need to get stuff out specifically to certain regions, it filters and then that those people get the right information. So if Helen says, I now want to mail out to Cumbria and tell them, say Merry Christmas to them all and give them some resources for something specific from, I don't know, the the Lake District, <laughs> whatever that might be. Um, I was trying to think of the name of the theatre in the Lake District. It's gonna really annoy me. Can you edit that out? <laughs> 
I can't remember the name of the theatre. I'm like, oh, what's the name of that theatre? Um, but if she's got something really specific that she wants to send out to, to that county, I then, I then filter that out and, and send that information through. Um, we've built really nice, um, because we're drama teachers and theatre educators, we've built really nice connections with um, local theatres. Some of our networks are actually run by people that run a, that work in the theatre. They're not all run by teachers. So, for example, in um, in West Yorkshire, in Leeds, we have Gemma Woofenden, who is the um, youth theatre director there. So we've got we kind of we've gotten in there to, to Leeds Playhouse, and obviously their education department. They have connections to all of the various schools that they work with. So, I mean, obviously we don't share our mailing lists, and they don't share theirs because that'd be a GDPR nightmare. Um, but when we say to Leeds Playhouse, we've got X, Y, and Z. Can you can you inform? They then mail. They will then mail that out. So it's kind of a it was reciprocal, isn't it? It's a give and take relationship. Person like so, I can give an example myself. So, so like I said, I'm in West Kent. I'm based in Tunbridge Wells. So I work really closely professionally in my in my day job, and also now through Open Drama with the education department at Trinity Theatre in Tunbridge Wells. Um, I needed to get some information out about things and I've asked them to do stuff and they've sent it out. Um, and, and likewise, if they've got something they particularly want to advertise or they're doing something that they can send that to me, I will at work, I will share it with my students and the young people that I work with, but then I'll also pop that maybe on a, on a Kent mail out so that it, you know, the, the local information is there for people. Okay. And what sort of information or resources do those mail outs contain? Um, so it's not always resource heavy. Sometimes it's just information. Um, so we do the the county specific or the very kind of the, the, the county or the regional specific information is, is more ad hoc. So it's kind of when I get something that needs to be in, you know passed on, I will do that. The national, so we do send one out to the whole country um, or anyone on our mailing list, obviously. <laughs> make it sound like it's you know getting your voting slip and it's gone out to the whole country um so we have got about four thousand people on our mailing list so you know it is a good proportion of people um when we send that out that goes to everybody at the beginning of the month um and contained within that are links to various things that we think would be helpful for them so for example this month we had information about arts mark and what curious minds are doing so curious minds is the um northwest um oh i forgot the word i'm gonna have to get the word right because that's really embarrassing if i forget what that is um bridge so curious minds which is the northwest bridge organization so they work closely with maya and obviously our champions that are based in the northwest so that information came through and initially i was just going to send that to the northwest but then i thought actually the information in there about arts mark and what they've been doing with socially distanced teaching socially distanced art forms actually helpful for the whole camp for the whole country so so that went out um, we had a really lovely resource that was written actually by one of our champions, our Cheshire champion, Rob. Um, he put together a really nice poem called Hope, Comfort and Joy. And it was all about delivery. So Christmas, obviously, normally drama departments would be putting something together ready for the festive celebrations. So he wrote a poem to do with how comfort, hope, comfort and joy is essentially the message of Christmas. Um, and obviously about Jesus and the, the whole story of Christmas, but he wrote it all around zoom and how we're going to have to have Christmas on zoom this year and looking at each other while we're eating our roast dinners, it's going to be a little bit different to normal. Um, so that was a really nice, cause you know, drama teachers are so busy 
anyway even without covid um in a small department still having to do as much as other departments that are much bigger it was really nice to be able to say to people if you're being asked to do something for a streamed christmas assembly here's a resource um we get job adverts some people send us information that they think would be really helpful for freelance um like theater practitioners um we get resources because of COVID as well. Some of the resources that are sent to us, although they would normally be, you know, for example, Leeds Playhouse Centre stuff out that would normally you wouldn't send to the whole country because they can't access it. Because unless you're living, you know, within about ten or fifteen miles of, of Leeds, what why would you be going? Um, but now, thanks to the the powers of Zoom and, and various other means, live streaming on YouTube, we can actually send that out to everybody and everyone can benefit from it. Um, so it, it fluctuates month to month on, on what we have, but I try not to have too much in a mail out that people think, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't do all of that. What is all that? So if it's not time specific, I'll try and roll it over to the next month just to kind of pace it out, you know, spread it out a little bit in terms of information. Because we do, we do get, uh, I would say we as in you know, the royal we, that the country, we get so many emails and almost, I know when lockdown started, I think some of us just felt so overwhelmed by the inbox was going off constantly. There was this happening on Zoom. You could engage with this webinar. You could do this. And it was almost like, I, I just don't want to do any of it. I just don't even know where I'm going. <laughs> I know, I know. So I suppose the big question is then, what is on the horizon for Open Drama in 2021? Hopefully, once lockdown is over so yeah good question so have you just read about our, our change potentially yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we are moving to a um, steering group committee um, and a steering group structure because as i said earlier we, we didn't really want to be uh, too hierarchical we didn't want to look like we're head office and this is what we think and this is you know where it goes you know we are the guardians if you like with a we, we look after it we look after what the vision is and we want that ethos to be retained and looked after there were originally five co-founders and for that and, and nothing negative at all and um, Catherine Nash who was one of those five um she's just decided that she wants to focus on being a drama teacher being a head, well, she's a head of drama actually um on her family and kind of things that she wants to invest in in her personal life and i think for some people like that a lockdown has done that for people they've, they've kind of realized they don't need to work a 17 hour day and there are other aspects to life um so she reflected on that and said you know i have absolutely loved what we've built but i want to step away and i want to do something else um and although open drama isn't you know massively uh you know it doesn't make you commit excessively i think when you found when you found something and you know it's like having children you, you want to see that flourish and you invest 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 but you do get to a point where you think hang on a minute is there is this too much um and our our champion structure is brilliant so you know we have those people that we can delegate to and we can field out to um we all meet the first sunday of the month um the champions and as we're currently called the co-founders where we kind of just have a touch base we have an hour we go around we hear what's happening in the you know the rest of the uk we try and then as the the co-founders we try and pull that information in and make that strategic and then push that back out again um but we are mindful that we don't want people to think it's just us four and you know that's what we decide and that's the end of it um so we've decided we're advertising two new roles um the uh, deadline for applying is friday the 8th of january 
take that out if this will go out after that that's fine <laughs> um but the information is um on our on our website it's our it's our latest blog post actually where we're just talking about the reason the why i guess it's kind of why are we doing this and we're doing this because we want people to have feel like they've got more ownership um, and they can embrace what we do and they can work with us um, we get a lot of people who write to us and say they want to be a champion and we have a pack that we send back to people and say this is this is what it means to be a champion if you're telling me you're really time poor and you've only got five minutes you can't really be a champion because you're going to have umpteen people in your area that are going to want to um, work with you um, and you're not going to be able to give that so that's that's always tricky so once people decide they want to be a champion they kind of get onboarded they're given their open drama email they're told all about the processes and the procedures and at the moment it's one of the four of us that kind of pick that up and do that so we want to make one of the roles the sort of champion management um, and that doesn't need to be the one of the current champions and that's the other thing because people get in touch and say they want to be a champion once they've read the pack and they go oh, yeah i really want to do it if they're already based in an area that's got a champion that there isn't you know that they can't really do anything we do have some co-champions we do have areas like for example i said about Gemma earlier who's based in um west yorkshire and, and works from leeds playhouse she was a drama teacher in a former life but her her world now is very much youth theater and kind of all of that provision within drama so she has a co-champion she's got two co-champions actually at a school not far from her so they give her the school aspect um and we have, again, tried to be really strategic about that because we're not just about drama teachers. We are about theatre educators. So where possible, we've tried to, to, to sort of buddy people together so that if we get an inquiry or if people want help or if there's a particular event that's running or we want representation for something in an area that's theatre focused or educate drama education focused, we, we can pull on that. Um, so we need to we, we're thinking more strategically about where we have people positioned. Um, but it is always really sad when people they you know they want to get involved and you think oh well, you can't really so it does now mean that anyone even you know, no matter what your background is no matter where you're based anyone can get involved with these two roles that we're we, we put into the mix so there'll be a steering committee I suppose technically we will still have been the co-founders we've still founded it um, but we're trying to step away from that to make people appreciate that anyone can get involved and it, it's it's our network that we all we all contribute to. Um, we did a lot of webinars and a lot of sort of web chats while we were in lockdown. Um, and we went to a Patreon scheme where people were able to start supporting us because we've done everything literally. Well, the, the five of us chipped in to pay for the website. Um, the five of us chipped in to pay for MailChimp. Um, so we sort of, the, between the, like I say, it is like having kids. The, the five of us paid for our child to start to flourish um, and then kindly people saw the value in what we did and they joined our Patreon scheme and we started to get some funding, um, which just ticked, you know, it's nice. It's like every month we get this donation from people and that allows us to cover the costs that we have. Of our, like we, we pay for our zoom, we pay, you know, so all of those overheads um, up until lockdown where we had people, we sorry, up until lockdown, we paid for that ourselves. Um, and then I think because we had the lockdown and people weren't as, you know they were able to sit at their computers and they were able to sort of research and do a little bit more and have a little bit more capacity you know brain space headspace whatever the phrase is um they realized what we were about and they kind of engaged with us and they got in touch with us and our mailing list grew uh we we ran these webinars that we felt were you know poignant and helpful for people 
and it didn't it wasn't area specific so everyone could get involved um so in 2021 we're moving we're not going to be doing webinars and um zooms because like we said i think people are a bit zoomed out um so we're moving to podcasts so it's quite fitting that we're having this meeting so we we currently have a soundcloud page or login or whatever the word is what's the word account yeah. we've still got we yeah we've, so we've currently got a soundcloud account where we've got certain audio um content on there so we thought it would be a good idea to just sort of step away from you know inundating people with zoom um webinars and meetings and things and also just to kind of make it a little bit more accessible for people um because although people like the liveness of being oh it's at six o'clock i'll go and join or whatever it was we also realized that some people just couldn't get to these things um they they couldn't be there so they would they'd buy a ticket and then they'd get sent a recording which they would then obviously watch back in their own time but we thought why don't we go for a podcast because we're so time poor people can listen to that when they're driving to work or when they're doing the ironing or whatever it is they're doing so we just thought it was a little bit more inclusive um so so we're going to the steering group <laughs> we're moving to podcasts and we hope that as things start to fingers crossed start to lift we can go back to the sort of networking that we had originally which was these kind of meetings uh, meetups and cpd that we were running in certain regions just before we locked down in, in kent in, in my county my county as if i own it um we had um annie sutton who's a, a really wonderful practitioner who's actually based in kent um she came and ran a workshop a burkoff workshop and i had you know 50, i think she said she could have 15 in the workshop and i think i had 15 teachers and theater educators and they came and they you know they got involved in that really practical workshop which is you know literally cost price she charged me for her train ticket to get there and i just divided that between the teachers that attended um and that's the other thing that's really lovely about open drama because we are all volunteers and because we're not out to make money we're just there as a resource mm -hmm. and a support for people people are you know they take that in in, the, in their viewpoint and in how they want to embrace us um we do a book giveaway um so i stop talking you're gonna ask me other questions okay uh, no, no, we do um every month well what we did until september so from january till september we did a book giveaway every month um so the first five months was um each of the co-founders bought a book and put it up for you know the for the giveaway for that month and then annie is a really good example so she got in touch and she said oh i want to give away my book i was like oh thank you so she gave away a book um, Gemma, who I've mentioned previously, she got in touch and said, oh, I want to give away some plays, young plays for young people that I've been reading. Um, so it's people's, it's people's willingness. And I think as well, people's faith and people's trust in what we do and what we've built. Um, and they see that there was that gap and there was that opportunity. Um, and that's really lovely because you can often have like this vision and you think, yeah, I think we really need this. And when you're so kind of embedded in what you're doing, it can be really difficult to, to kind of put your head up above the parapet and just remind yourself, hang on, is this relevant? Is this helpful for people? And it's when you have those conversations with other colleagues and professionals, it's what people need. It makes it just reminds you, it's like, oh, okay, this is good that I spend all of my Sunday putting together a MailChimp for the country. Because um, it's nice. It does reaffirm why, you, why you've chosen to do it and the purpose of it and... and it was necessary of course and how can any aspiring champions 
or potential future employees of Open Drama get in contact with you if they wish to apply? Um, they can get in touch. Um, they can they can email us. So that's um, opendramauk at gmail.com. Um, it's on our website, uh, on the uh, blog post area. It's our latest blog post and it, we won't put another blog post out until obviously the closing date happens. So our website is www.opendramauk.org. So you can go on there and you can you can see resources, you'll see our join us, you can sign up to the mailing list and you'll see the, the links to the blogs and the resources and you'll be able to read all about that. Um, we're on all social media platforms and, and we haven't got any weird name for anything. We are Open Drama UK and it's the same on all of them. So that's Karen's strategic brain once again. Don't have different names on different things so people have to look for different stuff. So yeah, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, uh, we're on Instagram and we're on LinkedIn. So people can go and, and look at all of those platforms and, and engage with us through there. Um, and obviously if they're on our mailing list already, they'll get the information through when it goes out on the mail out. And you can actually reply to your, as well, you'll probably know, when you get your MailChimp, uh, you can actually just hit reply and it'll come back to us as well. Um, when we have... Um, champions required in certain areas we do occasionally we'll say oh we're looking for champions in these areas and it goes in the mail out um which people can obviously we put in a, a populate in an email so when they click on it if you're interested please click here it will instantly take them in to start to write the email and i usually as well just to save people time because i know everyone's so time poor i put the title in and i put the, the message in the email you know i've seen your mail out and i'd like to reply for or i'm interested in and then I just put the rest of the details in so we should, we should be fairly easy to find and fairly easy to engage with. <laughs> what about any teachers who may want to submit a YouTube presentation? Is that via those same contact channels as well? Yeah, so um, Maya Bull has been looking after that and kind of owning that. And unfortunately, very sad for everybody, she'll be stepping down at the end of this month um, because she's actually got a role now full time at Manchester Metropolitan University, which is wonderful because she's finished her master's. She's had a time out, say time out. <laughs> she's been she's been busier than ever. Um, but she's now taking on um, a new a new job um, where she's stepping away from drama and she's looking at education more, more broadly. So she felt it was the right time to, to kind of step back from her role with us because obviously it is so drama specific so um there is a resource uh, and an information sheet about the, the video and how do you kind of produce content and where do you put it to um but initially if people do have an area that they're interested in writing something writing <laughs> start a sense again initially if people do have content that they're particularly interested in presenting about if they send us an email um, we can send them the guide sheet over, which explains how, you know, what, what do I need to put together? What kind of format does it need to be? How long does it need to be? So they've got the guidance to help them and then they can run with that. And then we ask for it to come back to us via WeTransfer. But again, all that information is in the guide sheet. So if there is anybody out there that would like to contribute, obviously go and have a look at our, our YouTube page and have a look at that playlist and check that the things you want to talk about aren't already covered um and then ping us an email and and also as well if anybody is failing to get in contact with holly or can't find the open drama information by all means get in contact with myself at the applied theater podcast um, and i can certainly put you in touch with open drama that's not a problem i just want to say holly what you and your co-founders have created is such a valuable resource and so many of my followers, my colleagues, teachers that I come into contact with on a regular basis, 
are really, really going to benefit from this work. And just itself as a resource, it's so accessible and incredibly invaluable. And even on behalf of myself as a practitioner within creative education as part of a theatre and a learning department, it is really appreciated. It really, really is. So thank you very much. And and most importantly, thank you for your time today um, and your interview. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It's really nice to hear that. Um, And we are just so passionate to kind of be a ray of positivity for people. I think it can be very difficult when people feel bogged down and they get their head down to to feel like they kind of, oh, I just I can't do it anymore or I can't be, can't be bothered, it's too difficult. There's, you know, there's barriers, like you say, you know, senior management preventing me from doing things. Um, I can't re- network with anybody. I can't get out to anybody. No one else studies my exam board. You know, it, it can feel, there are times when you, you can feel so negative. And we really didn't want that, the five of us, when we started this was because it was out of frustration. It was a kind of, but why isn't there anyone joining the dots with this stuff? Why is there, you know, some teachers out there that don't know that there's bridge organisations, that there's there's support for this, that there's this network that does this. And it, it was just, I mean, my background, I was a stage manager. So, you know, I used to sit and write my rehearsal notes and write my rehearsal reports and get them out to different departments. And I was always that kind of that link in the middle that would communicate information and share. And and then becoming a drama teacher, becoming a head of department, becoming, you know, extended member of SLT, my, my role at work, I'm all about the communication strategy and the policy around how we communicate and kind of that domino effect of stuff. So when someone is someone's poorly someone's not in they need a room change this has got to happen it's kind of the practicalities of it all the time is kind of how my brain works so I do find it incredibly frustrating that drama teachers are can at times be the heart and soul of a school you know they'll be absolutely slogging their guts out and the young people are looking to them and and loving their lessons and loving what they offer in addition to just teaching and learning you know getting out on those trips and doing all those things but yet very very rarely do you have senior management that's got a drama teacher on it because you know the, the chances of you know ratios there's, there's there's so few of us you know you sit there and you've got your maths your science your english your pe uh, your history and they're, they're kind of churning out the processes and the policies for things and it just doesn't always fit with what you're trying to achieve as a drama teacher and that can be so frustrating um so we wanted to be that ray of positivity for teachers but also we wanted to make that connection with theater education world because there's the theatres are just you know they are the, the heart of what we do that's why we, we teach drama and you take students to the theatre to watch that art form and to understand it but it's it is so frustrating when you meet theatre colleagues who will say things like yeah yeah we've got free tickets for tomorrow it's like no no we can't go tomorrow <laughs> we've got all these things that we have to put in place and it's got to go on the calendar and we've got to do a risk system we've got to put the minibus and they get equally as frustrated because you know I feel like I sit in the middle because I was someone who was in theatre before I was a teacher and, and I get that you know you you might have a press night and x y and z you've got these tickets blocked out for these people but now they're not coming so now they're free so let's give them to a school and you know the both parties the the edge the theatre and the the school they've always got the young people at the, at the core of what they're trying to do and that they're being positive but sometimes it kind of you know they're banging heads because there's the one set of processes in one environment and one set of processes in another environment they just don't work um so we were really well i personally was really about we've got to join the dots here we've got to make this work 
And Ed, who's one of our co-founders I was talking about earlier, he runs a non-such theatre non company in Nottingham, which you might have heard of, Tom, because I'm not that far from you. Um, and he was all about that. He's about, yeah, we do these things, but we can never really tap into teachers or we've now got this teacher network, but we always run it at the wrong time. When is the right time? So it's really interesting. Um, um, obviously, while we've, while we've had lockdown, theatre industry has taken a massive knock. Um, and drama teachers, yes, you know, we're able to carry on doing our job and able to take a salary at the end of the day. We haven't been furloughed and, you know, all those kind of positives. But really, it's, it is heartbreaking that you think I'm teaching them a subject and I'm preparing them for, you know, onward passion of the subject we hope to, to key stage five or to go off and study it at university or, you know, and it's not all about going off and studying the, the subject and going to work in industry. You know, there are students that love the subject but we'll go off and do a completely different career and that's fine. And that's, that's, you know, doesn't make any, it doesn't make any difference, but it can be really heartbreaking when you've got young people that really want to work in the art form or want to work in the theatre industry or, or in the performing arts in any capacity. And at the moment they're just seeing it because I'm crumbling around them and thinking, where am I going to go with this? This is what I really want to do, but can't see light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so we've tried to kind of do what we can as open drama by um, the last two terms so we moved from our monthly book giveaways to a termly giveaway and in term one so September to October our, our giveaway was to give back and to support the theatre a little bit it's only a, it's only something little but it, you know it's the gesture and it's the thought that's behind it and then it's the kind of the rhetoric that goes with that hopefully gives some sensitivities and awareness to those that in, engage with us that we've given to the theatre support fund. So those people that are on our mailing list, someone was randomly selected and they've got a goodie bag from the theatre support fund. We, we bought it, um, not, out, <laughs> not out of the funds that people give us, we bought it, the, the co-founders bought it out of our pocket. Um, but that then, that then gives back. Um, it gives to a teacher, um, it helps them feel valued and you know they think, oh great, you know, it's, it's always nice to win something. Um, and it's just given that little bit more in the pot there for the theatre support fund. And we're doing the same thing again, term three and four. We're giving to Alofts, which is the Alliance of Theatrical Seamsters. Um, so they have obviously, while they've been, been furloughed and, you know, and not been working, they've been making um, different things out of materials. Um, which I saw on social media and thought, oh, that's brilliant. Let's, you know, let's support them for our next giveaway. Um, and th this term, so term two, um, the giveaway has actually come from um, Bloomsbury Publishing. So they've support, they've wanted to give back through um, their work that they've been doing for plays for young people. They've given us a bundle of plays and that will be selected and given away at the end of term two. Amazing. Amazing. How kind of them. That's fantastic. <laughs> we try <laughs> with, the, with the little bit of money that we've got. <laughs> And we'll try for as long as possible to do everything that we do without without a paywall there so that people can, you know, embrace us and, and keep in touch with us and uh, and have that dialogue with us as well. Um, I think I've I think I've been fairly uh, consistent with our it's not a done to process. Um, we want people to communicate with us and you know although although we hold that that mailing list and we have lots of different contacts and lots of ways of being able to reach people to help them um, it's you know we're not in our ivory tower we're not looking down on people um, 
and uh, that can, can often be difficult with drama teachers because we've all got a bit of a weird bizarre ego some of us um, and we're so used to being in departments like I've said before on our own we kind of forget um, what it, we, we kind of sometimes we just forget we're so blinkered to what we're doing and what's important about our little world um, that reaching out and being with other people and, and helping other people is is really important to, to essentially enable us all to flourish it's really great that you've asked you know to have this interview and it's lovely because it's just nice to have a conversation with with somebody else who's gets what we're doing um is, is part of this drama and teaching and education world and, and has that overlap into the theatre as well um it's really it's been really lovely to talk to you